Hi, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much. How are you both? We're doing great. And Allie, we just want to thank you so much for agreeing to chat with us because, you know, it's kind of funny. We've talked to some authors and a couple of defenders. And then I looked at Shauna and I said, oh my gosh, we're missing the key person to the whole competition because without you, we'd all just be sitting in the studio staring at each other. So we're so <laughs> thrilled to have you today. So thanks for that. that. My pleasure. Yes, you have the you have the guy who is uh, entrusted with keeping his mouth shut when it's important to keep his mouth shut. That's, that's basically my job in a nutshell, I think. Well, we're going to ask you uh, right off the bat, this is the obvious question, but how did you come to be the host of Canada Reads? And I just personally want you to know, uh, are you going to stay forever? Because I just think you're fabulous. Well, that is so nice of you, but the answer to this question is so dull. I'm so sorry in advance, oh. <laughs> but I, I, um, I work in the CBC building on another show. I host a show called Laugh Out Loud. We play Canadian comedians, and I'm a stand-up comedian. At, that, that's sort of my my bread and butter, and everything I do has come from that. But just you know, sort of being in the building once, maybe twice a week. Uh, they just kind of saw this goof around the building, and they would be like, "Oh, what do you do? What's your what's your role here?" and you know, I, I was starting to host a few more um, live events, which was in line with both my comedy hosting on the radio and my comedy hosting in real life. And so I was getting a little bit of a name in the building. And then uh, at some point, one of my friends who you may know, depending on how far you've gone back in the Canada Reads um, archives, but my friend Trent McClellan is a terrific comedian. And he defended a book called February by, by Lisa Moore, wonderful Newfoundland author. And he won that year. And, uh, and I listened to him. Jay Baruchel is a Canadian actor who's become a friend of mine over the years. He was on, he was a panelist as well. Uh, Samantha B, comedian originally before she started hosting. And, you know, uh, you know she's on The Daily Show and now uh, her own show. So I was like, oh, well, I, if, they're, if they are interested in comedians being on the show, I should put my, my name in. You know, I should go and visit the, the, the people who run CBC Books and asked them if uh, they would consider me as a panelist someday down the road. Oh, cool. So I went and had that conversation, and then I got a, a call back. Um, you know, it's, it's a woman named Tara. Tara was, it was said to me that uh, this wouldn't be possible this year. We've already got everybody in place, but maybe next year. Great. That's okay. This was a long-term conversation. And uh, I throw, you know, most of my life is throwing uh, is throwing darts at a non-existent dartboard. That's what I do. You throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks. A lot of stuff doesn't, but it's just a you know you, you see what happens. This was just another one of those things. Then I got a call a few weeks later asking uh, with Tara asking me how come you didn't ask to be the host of Canada Reads, oh. and I said, oh, I didn't know that was an option. I uh, I wasn't aware that. I could do that. I thought it was the host of Q or somebody else, you know, internally who would do that. And she said, no, not at all. And then I got a call uh, later, you know, months later saying, um, well, I'd like to go for lunch. And Tara took me for lunch and said, here's the situation. We would like you to be the host of Canada Reads. And I said, man, I know I can hear a butt coming. When, <laughs> you know, I, I know when there's a butt coming. I'm, I'm well trained in those. She said, yes, but... Here's the thing about Canada Reads. You know, we, we try our best in every way to get um, a real good so, sort of swath of the Canadian landscape. We want people who represent different voices, 
different cultural backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds where possible. Now it's celebrity, so that one's a little bit tougher, you know. Um, but yeah, generally people who've grown up in different environments, economic backgrounds, uh, different political leanings, the whole thing. And then also the voices, the actual voices need to sound different. Otherwise, the radio audience might be like, wait, who is talking? Who is actually speaking right now? Three people sound the same. And then also gender, obviously. We don't want five men on the panel. So she said, right now, we have a situation where we are waiting for somebody to get back to us. If that person says yes, if she says yes, you will host Canada Reads. If she says no, we have to go for our backup, which is a man, and then you would not be the host of Canada Reads. So it really just sort of hung in the balance. And I said, you know what? You let me know when you know, and I'll be fine with that. And then one day I got the call and said, we would like you to host Canada Reads. It's like, unbelievable. And this job, there's literally nothing in this world that can prepare you for this job except doing the job itself. Because there's no job where you are sitting there with five people with a director's voice in one ear, uh, a teleprompter in front of you, notes, uh, you know, underneath you, uh, you know, beneath, uh, underneath your eyes, uh, a timer to the right of you, uh, a, a floor producer giving you times and cues. It's just a lot that you're not really prepared for. And then, you know, these five personalities and, and trying to manage that and understanding that you have a very hard clock to meet before you are out. You are to black, as they say. There's no talking afterwards because it just ends because CBC Radio has to just go to news. There's no way around that. That's not flexible. So it's a very inflexible time and you have to keep time and you've got a lot to get through. So uh, I was on shaky ground my first year as I was sort of learning the ropes on the job, which is the only way to really do it. Uh, but I loved it. And I'm I'm very happy that they've called me back each year. It's it's uh, it's never a bad thing. You know, yeah, because when we watched it last year, we actually watch it on YouTube so we can, or, I mean, yeah, okay. so we actually see how it looks behind the scenes and everything. And I agree, it, that does look like a very complex juggling of a lot of different tasks for you as the host. And uh, you make it seamless, though, because uh, it's, I mean, it's just your, even though you've only been at it, this will be your fourth year, it's... This will be for Yeah, it, you really, you got it nailed down, boy, I'll tell you. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I, um, it's interesting because my wife will tell you that I'm not a good multitasker and not particularly a good listener. <laughs> and yet, somehow, when, uh, you know, the country or a big chunk of the country uh, and another country, as you guys are proving to us, mm -hmm. uh, is listening and watching, I guess my listening and multitasking skills... Uh, you know, uh, they uh, they tighten up. No, they're not so good at the home. Yeah, and we're Sean and I actually have tickets for the opening day of competition, so we're very excited. Oh, that's terrific! Yeah, to see it um, actually live. We cannot wait to actually be in the studio. So yeah, that's great. You'll get a, a nice weekend in Toronto beforehand, and you, then you'll be there on the Monday. Is yep, that right? Absolutely. That's what we'll. Okay. Perfect. So two two libraries. Uh, just uh, two libraries in Michigan will be neglected on the Monday, March. No, 16th. no, really, it's only one because we work at the same one. <laughs> oh, it's the same library. <laughs> There's only one library. <laughs> okay, okay, there will be no shushing. That exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to have Shauna ask the next question because she has asked this question many times on our podcast. So now she gets to ask you live. This is awesome. Sure. So who comes up with the questions, and do the defenders get them in advance? 
No, the defenders certainly don't see anything in advance, which adds to their uh, nerves and the pressure that's on them. The questions are are generally the CBC Books team that comes up with them. And then as uh, you know, the week before Canada Reads, as I sit with them, uh, I have my own input into those questions. And sometimes I, I put it in a way that sounds like something I would more ask, you know, sort of my own tone. Um, and sometimes, you know, uh, my friend Erin Balzer works at CBC Books. She'll have, a, she'll have a pun in there. And then I'll say, this is a terrible pun. She's like, you have to say it. Canada will love this pun. And I'll be like, okay, fine. I'll say this pun. And she's like, you got you to gotta own it. It's all in the delivery. So those are our, our back and forth sometimes. But generally, it's a very, very hardworking CBC Books team that comes up with the questions initially anyway, yeah. Well, and then you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but how do you see your role as the host, especially when things get heated or someone maybe talks too long? Like, how do you manage all that? Well, yeah, I, I, I hinted at this right when we started talking. My, my greatest uh, skill that I've had to work on um, is, is really uh, staying quiet when you need to stay quiet. Because sometimes there are moments where you know, in the first year, I probably would have said, okay, all right, well, uh, let's get back to the uh, issue at hand. But sometimes letting something breathe uh, really lets out the magic of the, of the debate. It really lets some, some sparks fly, as they say. So it's, sometimes it's really knowing when, to, um, knowing when to just be quiet and let something sort of, um, yeah, I guess, breathe and, 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 and turn into something, you know? I was going to say fester, <laughs> never fester, but it's, it's good to let something um, uh, blossom. Blossom is the right word here. And, uh, and, and I always, you know, sometimes I've listened back and I was like, oh, if I'd spoken at that moment, we would have never had this moment. So, uh, yeah, it's, sometimes it's like that. If it gets into sort of like an uglier territory, that's when I would be more inclined to say, let's move on. This is not helping anybody uh, endear themselves to their other panelists. Yeah. or to listeners right now, you know? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's time for a pun. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pun time, pun time. Um, but my, my job is also to make all these panelists look good and sound good. And, and I can't always do that. You know, everyone's going to have their own, um, their own uh, sort of agendas and their own voice. But I also don't want to make them go down a path where they maybe regret later. So I have that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Uh, and also sometimes there's just some great moments when there is some heated debate and I want to let that uh, breathe as well. And at first, you know, your first year, you're like, is this good? Should this be happening? Should I let this go on? And, um, you know, I, uh, I have to sometimes go on my own instinct that sometimes, I, as I was telling you, the director is in my ear uh, telling me sometimes like you should get in there or like, okay, let this go for a bit. Let this go. This is good. You know? Yeah. You know, have you ever been able to tell whether a defender had a strategy? Could you ever sort of, did it ever seem like, oh, wow, they're working it because they've got a strategy of some sort? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. And, and you can, you, you get that as soon as the launch happens in January, you already get the feeling of who is strategic and who is planning and who is watching every move. Some of them are very vocal about that. Some of them are very vocal about like, oh, you're going to be the first person I'm going to have to take down or, or maybe not those words, but, oh, I'm going to have to watch out for you, right? Some people would say that. Some people would think it, but not say it. And others wouldn't even think to think it. 
Do you know what I mean? There's some people who just don't have a competitive bone in their body and they're also there <clears throat> on the panel for other reasons. And not everybody has that same uh, competitiveness and strategic, you know, planning. You know, we've all watched these, you know, reality shows. Some people just fare better than others in that reality element. And some people are just uh, prepared from another, uh, another angle. They just know their book inside out and they're, they're great at singing its praises and convincing you why their book is great. But it doesn't have the uh, that competitive strategic element. Well, it's funny because I that's why I kind of feel like Akil uh, uh, Augustine might have a little bit of an edge because he is a competitive person. He works in a competitive environment, so I'm kind of going to be keeping an eye on him this year. So yeah, sure. And, and but competition is always interesting because competition um, when you have a show like Canada Reads where somebody gets voted off each day. You also have people who are saying, okay, this person might be a problem in a couple of days. I'm going to vote them off now. And it only takes one other person or sometimes you know, two other people on the first day. But eventually it only takes maybe one other person to do that same thing, have that same way of thinking. Um, and where somebody who was competitive and was very prepared and, and was very hungry to win the competition just still gets voted off. Yeah. I know it's a little, it's yeah. a little cutthroat, but it is actually part of the, the, I mean, it's what we all love too. That that part's actually really fun. So some, some of us love it and admit it. And some of us love it, but we're yeah. reluctant there to you admit go. that we love it. Cause it's like, what does that say about <laughs> I know us? it takes yeah. that nice persona of the Canadians and it just tosses it up in the air because we see, you know, there's that other side to all of you and that competitive side. So it's good. Yeah. Um, now, the next question I have is, in the years that you've hosted, or even if you watched the show prior to that, have there been any surprises from your point of view? Um, you know, Julie Black and Jeannie Becker, a couple of years ago, were, were friends. They were friends. They were like, you, you know, they, 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 they meet over the years, and, and, and they were very nice to each other. And, uh, and that sort of uh, niceness and politeness going out the window um, was interesting to see. I'll say that that was, that was a bit of a surprise. Um, last year, uh, Zaya Tong was surprised she won, even though she was very strategic and she was competitive, but she was even, she was even like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. These two guys are going to vote against me. I can see it happening and there's nothing I can do about it. But those two guys, uh, who she was worried, she basically thought that everybody thought the same way she does. She didn't realize that some people just don't have that competitive thing. They're just here to be like, oh, that's an interesting argument. When I got here today, I didn't think that way. But now you made me uh, believe in that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote against the other person. And she was, she was baffled two days in a row, the third day and the fourth day, that she moved on and then that she won. She was like, wow, because her way of thinking was very different from some of her competitors. So it was interesting to see that. I was a little bit surprised, but not as surprised as she was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, it, yeah, the, the, these are the surprises just to see how everybody's personality is just very different. And some people are very hungry to win and it hurts them. And some people are very hungry to win, but just because of their approach and their, their delivery uh, and their persuasive arguments, it helps them move well, on. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the one with Julie and Jeannie, because that's the one I was thinking of when I was asking my question about um, if things get heated, because it even ended up like on my social media, my friends were sharing a clip of that, of that part of the Canada reads. And it's funny because I think if you'd watch the whole show, the clip 
the clip in the in the short clip had a different take than if you had seen the whole thing. So yeah, that's interesting because uh, I'm glad to know that they were friends and and that hopefully they're still friends. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, context is everything, and context is lost. We learned, uh, especially in those uh, those short clips and memes and all that. It doesn't show. Uh, what led up to that and what the whole background of the show is. And it doesn't show any of that. It was just, uh, you know, I was looking at some uh, short clips. I don't know if it was Atlanta world star hip hop.com, something like that. And it was just uh, white woman gets owned by black queen or something like this. And I was like, okay, that's not exactly what happened here. But yeah, when you remove all the context, you can just sort of give it your own narrative, you know. Which is uh, which is a little bit unfortunate, but it was still a great moment in Canada Reads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was incredible. Uh, and then our kind of our last question is, um, and you kind of also answered this a little bit already, but uh, the question is, would you like to be a defender one day? And then any books that you would have wanted or would like to defend? Yeah, I would like to be a defender one day. Still, now I don't know if that's an option. Uh, you know, for me, I don't know if I come back as a defender and people say, "This guy again." <laughs> is there nobody else available? You know. So I, I don't know if it would be an option, but I, I would have, I, I, I do, and, and maybe I have an advantage having sort of, you know, been a host and seeing the inner workings of the show. So maybe I'm not a candidate for that. But as far as, you know, what I would like, I would like that. I would have liked that uh, four or five years ago. That's what I went into the offices about. And, uh, and I would still like that one day. And a book that I would have liked to have defended was The Break, which was uh, my first year hosting you know, and the reason I would have liked to have defended it is because I, I really found it to be an incredible uh, piece of writing. It was a real page turner. And it was also, um, that year in particular, there was a lot of talk about representation, representation. And I think it's an interesting discussion because, you know, representation is important as, as, a, as, a, as a brown kid. You know, when I saw... Uh, brown guys, let's say Russell Peters on the stage doing comedy, that that did give me a boost. That did help me see something uh, more that was available to me or potentially available to me. You know, and I understand kids right now when they see, you know, whether it be a hockey player or whether it be a novelist or an artist or a musician who looks like them, who resembles them, there is something to be said for that. You cannot deny that. But I think also art is... Uh, you know, somebody said this once that, you know, when something is art, it doesn't have to be a vanity mirror. It can just be appreciated for art's sake. And I, I thought how interesting it would have been for, you know, the book, The Break is about the north end of Winnipeg and this multi-generational um, indigenous family sort of clan, the young daughter, mother, grandmother. I think there was a great grandmother in there. It's, so it's a, it's a primarily almost exclusively female story about indigenous women in the north end of Winnipeg. I am a Canadian of Pakistani origin. I am male. I was born in New Brunswick on the, on the East Coast. I'm a French-speaking, you know, Quebec-raised uh, a, a guy. On paper, I have nothing in common with that book. And I think, I think it would be interesting to see, wow, if somebody who has nothing on paper in common with a book and still loved that book and still champions that book, I think that makes that makes for a very powerful argument. No one can say, "Oh, they're black. That's why they're 
uh, championing an, a, a black author. They're indigenous. That's why they're championing an indi indigenous story. I think somebody who has nothing in common with the story, it's, it's kind of interesting. And I really, I did love that story and I was surprised that I did, but it, there was no doubt that it was an incredible, compelling piece of writing. Wow. Um, it's, I, that book is now on my reading list because that sounds really interesting. And I, and that's one I didn't, I wasn't aware of, but so mm -hmm. I hope I didn't oversell it, but no, no it not, really is great. No, it sounds <laughs> like, my, no, it sounds like my kind of book actually. But now have you already finished reading all five of the, this year's contenders then? No, I have not. And I have, uh, I have, uh, what do I have? I have 15 days to finish two and a half more books. And I, um, I, uh, I'm very confident. It's it's great. I you know every moment that I have that I'm not doing something else, I sit back and I read, and I'm really enjoying the books. Um, I you know, there's been some years where it was tougher. You know, it was tougher. Some of the stuff that I wasn't as accustomed to, um, sci-fi stuff, for example. That's not my that's not my wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I find it very difficult to read when I cannot visualize the character and their environment. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I found that some of the books struggle in the past this year. I feel like they're all, cause I left to what I was told and what I feel are like the easy ones for the end. So I'm, uh, if, if what I read was the tough ones, no problem. I'm, I'm feeling really good about it. Last year was the same thing. It was just such a pleasure to read the books and it's a, it's a real privilege. And, and it's like, if somebody told me you have to read five books by the month of March every year, I would be like, oh, man, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But when it's when I'm obliged to do it, I can do it because it's for work. And then also as a bonus, they're great books. I mean, what a what a what a what a job. What a great job I wind up having in these first few months of, of every year. Yeah. Well, you know, Rebecca, you said that there was an author that helped you. They had a quote that helped you understand science fiction novels a lot better. Something to do with they're not writing about the future. Oh, yeah. Cory Doctorow said, um, because, you know, I don't know if you've read Radicalized yet, but we read it. We loved it. I have. Yeah, we loved it. And I, yeah. That's definitely not a book I ever would have picked up. It's not at all. But we loved it. And he said in one of the CBC interviews, I think it was that, um, you know, science fiction is writing about, it's not writing about the future, it's writing about the present. And I thought that was a really profound way to look at it because it is true, especially in his book, those four novellas speak to us today. And uh, I kind of like that. It made science fiction a little more accessible to me, I think. Sure. Well, his book is also about technology in a huge way. So I think it's something we're surrounded by. I, I found that book very, very uh, easily digestible, even though as I was, as I would have said to you, sci-fi is not really my wheelhouse, but it was great. Yeah. It was great. Right. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to have her pass along that piece of knowledge just in case, you know, sure. do you ever want to pick up science fiction again? Yeah. Well, any, anybody listening also, I think, um, it's great to have an open mind and I think it's, it's, uh, I appreciate you, um, uh, you know, uh, harking back to that quote, Rebecca, because it is uh, sometimes you need those, you know, you need those little extra boosts to help you see something in a different way. So I, I think listeners who may not read things in a certain way uh, might, might benefit yeah, from that. Absolutely. That's very true. So we would love to thank you and we appreciate all your time today. And we look forward to seeing you on Monday, March 16th in Toronto. 
know, in yes. the studio. We, we, we can't wait. That'll be so much fun. So thank you. Thank you, Shauna. Uh, my, my pleasure. Uh, thank you, Rebecca, as well, for, for setting this all up. And uh, I'm really excited you get to see the, the whole thing in the flesh. You might want to find a replacement. You might, you might want to stay the whole week. You might want to find somebody who'll sub in at work for you. As soon as I'm retired, that's my plan. I'm going to always go to all four days. <laughs> a few more years. <laughs> that's good. All right. My pleasure. Thank you so much, guys.